My name is Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. Hey, everybody. My name is Ahmad Zaidi, and I am a disabled guy. And this is Limping on Cloud9. So today, what are we going to talk about? I think we're going to talk about swimming, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, I, 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 this is a, an interesting um, uh, topic because I, I love uh, what you're going to mention here in, in this story. Like, uh, you, I don't know all of this story, but you gave me a, a quick synopsis of it. And I love uh, the fact that we'll, we're going to learn a lot about you in this story. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell everybody out there listening that I can't swim. So let's start off by saying <laughs> I, cannot, I, I can't swim. However, my wife and a lot of friends will, will, will argue that point. I cannot traditionally swim. I can stay afloat, and I won't drown, and I love diving off of diving boards, and I've learned to stay close enough to the edge to know how far I can be out before mm. it's, really, it's really dangerous for me. Yeah. But, but traditionally, there's no way I can swim. My left arm, my left leg will not allow it. So let's just start with that fact. But the reason that I wanted to talk about swimming is uh, a couple of things. Uh, at the tail end of summer, my wife and I took our twin daughters, Zoe and Lena, to Hawaii for vacation. And during our trip, both Lena and Zoe actually learned how to swim. Nice. Which, which is awesome because they're five years old now and they were um, – Two when we put them in their first swimming class, and uh, it never seemed like they were learning anything. Then all of a sudden, something clicked in Hawaii, and they got it, and they can certainly swim. Nice. But, yeah, but this story is not about Lena and Zoe. This story is about uh, my association with swimming. And this goes back to Kansas City circa 1973, 1974. For those that was 20 or so years before the internet was created. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, a very, very, very long time ago. So I was in a physical therapy group at the local children's hospital in Kansas City. And I'm not kidding when I say the group's name was the Cripple Children's Center. Man, that, that yeah. I, I wonder if it's still called that today, if someone, like, you know, ha- you know, hammered down them. It's like, you can't call people crippled anymore? Like, Right. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sure they changed the name, but it was at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, and the official name of the section I was in was the Cripple Ch- Children's Center. Man. So I was there with a bunch of friends, friends that I met there, Uh, Many were in wheelchairs, many had physical disabilities like myself, some had emotional disabilities, but mainly physical. And a lot of it was supposed to teach us physical therapy and how to do things like eventually learn how to tie a shoe and and do stuff like that. However, I personally blew most of it off, which is really (laughs) not good, but I was always raised believing that I was normal. My, my mom and dad and my two sisters always treated me like I was absolutely normal. So I never thought I was, I was crippled, right? Yeah, yeah. So when, when I would be at that center, and I went three, four days a week, when I was there for the several years I was there, I always wondered why I was there. Because <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm fine. I'm fine. So my left hand doesn't work. I'm still okay. So anyway, one day... There was a big field trip, and the field trip was to a pool. But the the point of the story, Jonathan, is I get there, 
I get out of the bus, I change into my swimming trunks, and what do I do? I see water, right? Mm -hmm. I see blue water. So I run, run as fast as I can, and I dive in head first <laughs> into, the, right, into the pool. And then at that very moment, everything changed for me. And, and, and I believe that certain things happen in your life that change who you are instantaneously. Mm, mm. You know, and this was the first one. Because I dove in the water, I opened my eyes, it was just blue chlorine and me just feeling like I was so free and so happy. And then what, take a guess what happened when I came up from underwater. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming someone jumped in the pool. Like, whether yeah. it's the lifeguard or teachers or someone you're with, they, they probably jumped in the pool. Yeah, a couple of the physical therapists dove into the pool after me, grabbed me, pulled me up out of the water. And I looked at them, and they just had the look of death in their eyes. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? And, and I'm like, what do you mean I'm swimming? <laughs> and... And then the three most devastating words in my young life. They're like, you can't swim. And I, and I go, of course I can. I just swam. Right? I just did it. Right. And, and one of the physical therapists held both of my hands, and she looked at me, and she goes, you're not normal. And when she said that, I'm like, wow, this person doesn't think I'm normal. Mm, mm. Right, because you, know, you, cause you grew was, up around you, everyone treated you as if you were normal, and so you're you're like, I'm not, I'm not different. Like, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, my, um, look, I'm somebody that keeps my friends for decades. So my my best friend Patrick Martin, whom I met in the summer before third grade, so in second grade, yeah, is still my best friend today. Man, <laughs> you know, so I keep my friends forever, and. Um, Pat never treated me any different. Yeah, right? yeah. None of, none of my friends in school, in kindergarten, or in first or second grade ever treated me different. So I couldn't imagine why she was. And, and it just blew me away because all of a sudden, my eyes saw the world differently. Mm. And, and, you know, and what I mean by that, I looked around at all my friends who were in the center with me. And suddenly, I saw them as being different than I'd ever seen them. Mm. It, it suddenly dawned on me that, wow, my sisters don't have issues. <laughs> and, and Pat Martin is fine. And all of my other friends that I go to school with don't have a limp. Wow, I guess I am different. Mm. Mm. And, and, and it was so devastating, right? Because all of a sudden, I just this huge amount of anger came over me, mm. you know, because I started thinking, what have my parents and my friends and everyone been telling me a lie all this time? <laughs> right. Am I really not normal? Right. And it was just really hard. It was very difficult to have that experience because the one thing that I've, the only thing I've always wanted in my life, is to be seen as being normal. <laughs> and, you know, still to this day, although I think I'm, in my mind, I am normal. But um, 
it was just one of those moments that I, you know, for, for those parents out there that have children with, with deficiencies and challenges, keep that, keep this little quick story in your mind the next time you tell your child they can't do something because it's going to stick with them yeah. forever. Yeah. That, I, that I promise. Yeah, no, definitely. My, uh, I have a, a sort of a similar story, like w- with my mom. Like, you know, I could see until I was fourteen, and then I go from one day seeing twenty twenty to seeing zero zero. You know, <laughs> like go from seeing perfectly to you know no light, no nothing at all. And so when I went back to school, my mom, my mom personally interviewed the people that were supposed to like help me at school. Like I had my own like kind of aide or whatever you know that you would call the person. And when she was interviewing the people, she would say well, what do you think my son can or can't do? And, you know, one guy, she told me, one guy's like, well, I don't know. I'd have to meet him first to see, you know, you know, get to know him more. And mom's like, "Eh, wrong answer, you're out of here. (laughs) And then, you know, she she finally found this guy, and he, he really was the perfect guy to be working with me. But he was like, your son can probably do anything he wants to, you know, anything he puts his mind to. I'm not, I don't, I don't know him. I'm not going to put a limit on him. And my mom was like, you're the perfect guy. That's awesome. You know. And, and and you but you were fourteen when that happened. Right? Yeah, yeah. That that is awesome. So it's it's that is a really good story. Thanks for sharing that. I I just figured kinda of tied in though with that. Your parents were just like, Hamad's Hamad. You know, like, so what if he has a limp or you know, his left hand doesn't work that well or whatever, like He's still going to get whatever done that he wants to get done. And all the stories you guys hear from Hamad, that's going to be the one, you know, gleaming factor in all this. No, even if it, Hamad doesn't do something the way someone else would do it, he's still going to get it done. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. But let me just reiterate for all these people listening, um, whoever is listening, um, it's this whole podcast is not about what I can do. It's about what you listening can do. Mm, mm. You know, you know, and and because everyone can listen to any story and say, okay, so this guy did this, but it's not about what I did. It's about my experiences that I'm going to share with you, so you can take those experiences and say, and say, wow, I've been in a similar situation, just exactly like you did, Jonathan. Yeah. Because whether people are perfectly healthy, which, as I said in the last podcast, I think everything has some, everyone has some issue. Yeah. But. But whether people are perfectly healthy or not, there's always hang-ups in life that kind of stain you, tattoo a negative image in your mind when you're young. Yeah. And then, and then you spend your whole life getting over that image that was given to you as a child. So, so, I, so, so I, I, have, I have two questions kind of, you know, kind of where we're at right now. So the first one is sure. when, when you dove in and you hit, you hit the water, I mean, how, I mean this is a while ago, but – were you in the water long enough to realize you thought you were swimming or you weren't in long enough to realize maybe you weren't swimming? Like, kind of, do, do you remember that? Because in your mind, you know, when the lady pulled dry, like, I was swimming. What, what are you doing? Why would well, you pull me out, well, you know? N- n- no, that's actually a great question. What I do, what I did then is the same thing I do now when I go into a pool. Is I've never, uh, you know, I've never smoked or drank, so I have really healthy lungs. Yeah. So I, I, I'd look into the water and say, okay, I'm going to pretend like I'm a little fish mm. and, and fish don't swim. They just kind of glide underwater. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I can do is dive in head first, pump my right side of my body as much as I can, because that's the side that works. Yeah. 
and and kick my legs as hard as I can because just like a fish goes through the ocean with his tail, yeah, I can just kick my legs. And then the reason you know I mentioned that I keep my eyes open, it's not because I want to see blue blue chlorine water <laughs> eventually sting my eyes. Right. It's it, it's it's because I want to see how far I am from the edge. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I always thought that if you focused on the end goal in life, it's in, in a pool, it's like reaching the edge. Yeah. If you, if you focus on the end goal and just imagine that nothing's going to stop you from getting to that goal, then things just kind of work out. But I love the water. And, and that, I mean, I live at the beach. <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of love the water. <laughs> I kind of have to love the water. But... but that only came because of moments of reassurance year after year after year after year growing up. Mm. And and that doesn't happen overnight, you well, know? Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to kind of rewind back to, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, you know, maybe you're too young or whatever, but like when, when that lady was like, you know, Hamad, what are you doing? You're crippled. You can't, you can't swim. And, you know, you're, you said your whole kind of view of the world changed. Did you go, I mean, did you kind of go back to your parents that day or at some point and be like, Hey, you know, am I different or, you know, am I crippled? So-and-so called me crippled. Like, did you ever have like a conversation like that or? I did. Yeah. And, and I was pretty angry, but, and to be honest, I mean, there are times that, uh, there are times that I tried to use my disability as my advantage. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, I get and, it. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be like, I can't do this. It's too hard for me. But you know, but what's funny about it is my mom and dad would be like, no, we don't care how hard it is for you. You're still going to do it. That's because awesome. you have to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and if it takes your sisters five minutes and you 58 minutes, then too bad for you. You've got to figure it out. <laughs> and and um, and that really pissed me off growing up. Yeah. <laughs> but but now as an adult, I realize how important it was. But, yeah. You know, um, I've always been uh, of the belief that even if you're in last place, <laughs> complete the race. Yeah, you got to cross because the finish line. You got to cross the finish line. Yeah. You know, crossing it and completing is way more important than than giving up. Yeah. No, definitely. Now, I guess we're we're maybe like rounding third here, heading for home, Hamad. So you want to uh, start wrapping this up and and uh, lead yeah. lead people to the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, if. Uh, you know, if any of you ever meet me anywhere and you want me to go swimming with you, just know that I'll be game, but just know it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight, but it is a memorable one. I'll end on that. There but, you go. And so, yeah, so everyone, you know, thanks for listening and downloading. And Hamad, how, how can they find you on the uh, the interwebs if they want to get a hold of you? Well, if they want to get a hold of me, they can find me at HamadZaidi.com, which is H-A-M-M-A-D-Z-A-I-D-I.com. They can email me at Hamad at HamadZaidi.com. And um, there's other places to email me. You can you can find LonelySeal.com, which is L-O-N-E-L-Y-S-E-A-L.com, which is my film website. And uh, there's a few other places. Yeah. But – I want to be open, and uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'd be more than happy to answer questions. Oh, and if you like this podcast, please leave us a positive review. I yes. would really appreciate that. Yeah, go to iTunes and leave us leave us a review. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah, thanks for throwing that in.
Yep, absolutely. Everybody, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. For those of you who live outside the United States, I hope you had a nice weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening and downloading. Don't forget to visit iTunes. Leave us a positive review. We greatly appreciate it. And we will talk to you next episode. See ya. Take care.